Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. He gets so crazy at times. It sounds like... You yell back at your radio. What are you What the hell? He gets so angry. You tweet to try and calm him down. Now, he gets an hour all to himself. It's Sparky's Midday Madness on the fan with Steve Sparky Pfeiffer. Welcome in. It is Sparky's Midday Madness here on 1250 AM. The fan, Steve Sparky, Pfeiffer, Dan Plucker, executive producer, other side of the glass, like always. Don't forget, Rami. Makloff comes up 3-6 to six with The Rami Show. Uh, looking forward to hearing what he has to talk about today. He'll join us coming up here in about 45-50 minutes. We do our crosstalk leading up to his show. Coming up on today's show, just a little while ago, uh, the Bucks uh, spoke uh, to the media for their NBA Finals media deal. Uh, so Mike Budenholzer talked. We'll play that for you. Giannis talked. We'll play that for you. Chris Middleton talked. We'll play that for you as well, so you can get up to date on everything is being said from the Bucks' perspective, getting ready for Game 4 coming up tomorrow night at Pfizer Forum, 8 o'clock tip. Don't forget, once that one is done, we'll have the Pick and Save Basketball post-game show immediately following that one, uh, and it'll be kind of a combo show tomorrow uh, as well. But uh, be on the air tomorrow along with Tim Allen uh, talking after that one. Now, this is what kind of where I, I'm at on this. Um, and, and I kind of want everybody to kind of get where I'm at on this this baseball thing that, that that's going on. We talked a little bit about it there at the end of the Wendy's Big Show, and so the 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 Shohei Otani uh, deal, and you know Stephen A. Smith uh, saying what he said pretty much that look, he can't be the face of Major League Baseball if if he can't speak English and needs a translator. Okay, so. We talked about it earlier in the show about Giannis. And, you know, how do you view him with LeBron and Kevin Durant? And my deal is this. You're the face or a face of a sport. If I can walk into a house anywhere around the country, say a person's name and they know who you are or have an idea of who you are, right? And it maybe not even just a random house. Maybe it's just sports bars in general. Maybe it's not just anybody. Uh, but maybe, you know, I could walk into a sports bar in Phoenix or I could walk into a sports bar in Miami or a sports bar in Cincinnati or St. Louis or Chicago or wherever, right? I can walk in, say this name, and pretty much everybody in the bar is going to be able to tell me who they are in a sports bar, right? In a sports fan setting. Or uh, go to a sporting event, go to a baseball game or a football game or a basketball game or a hockey game and say this person's name and they're going to know who I'm talking about. To me, those are the faces of your sport. 
Major League Baseball is a different animal uh, than, say, the NBA from the aspect of their players really aren't being marketed well. In fact, I would say they're being marketed awfully. Uh, and that is something that has been a a talking point uh, from the critics of Major League Baseball for quite some time. And Major League Baseball and Rob Manfred have pretty much said that it's on the athletes. It's pretty much not on them. He has said that in the past. And maybe that is true. Maybe it is on the Mike Trouts of the world and Mookie Betts of the world to promote themselves better, uh, to have themselves in more commercials uh, on TV or on the radio or be on more billboards or whatever. The NBA and their players, dating back to Bird and Magic Johnson to Michael Jordan, uh, really promoted the individuality of their sport. Uh, football never wanted the individuality of the sport. They always wanted the team aspect, going back to the Cowboys and Emmett Smith and Michael Irvin taking off their helmets and being told you can't take your helmets off. It's about what's on the helmet, not about who's in the helmet. Uh, and even to that point, they were marketed better uh, going forward than what MLB does. You would still see a Steve Young in a commercial or a Troy Aikman or a Brett Favre. You see Brett Favre in a ton of commercials, Peyton Manning, Eli Manning. So those guys you see in in commercials all the time. Not as much for Major League Baseball. So when you start getting into the conversation of, oh, well, if he can't speak English, then he can't be the face of the sport, like Stephen A. Smith said. Now, since then, he's apologized or whatever, and that's fine. But in the instance of Major League Baseball specifically, their guys aren't doing anything of the sort. And I, as far as TV, radio, all that stuff, they're just not there. They're They're not there nationally. I think right now, right now, I think you can say Shohei Otani is pretty much the face of this sport right now. Today, July 13th, 2021, he is the face of this sport. Because he's doing something that hasn't been done since Babe Ruth. Like Otani mania or whatever you want to call it is running wild all over this country. People, and I can't wait to see what the numbers are for last night's home run derby, and then what they were once he was eliminated, uh, how many people tuned out like myself. But this is something that you just don't see. This is, you know, maybe it's like LeBron to a degree. You know, a guy with his size and and talent and all of that and what he did. Or uh, Shaq with his size and how he dominated a sport. And even to that aspect, it's still not as special, I don't think, as to what Otani's doing. The man is starting the All-Star game tonight and leading off as a designated hitter. Not a thing. <laughs> that doesn't happen. It just does, It's not happened in my lifetime. You know, people talk about Babe Ruth and how great he was. Uh, but with Otani, he's playing both at a high level at the same time and has a lot of his career left to go. The man's 26. 26. And while he didn't win the home run derby and he didn't get out of the, the swing off with Soto last night and all that, that does not change it. People are going to tune back into that all-star game tonight to see him pitch one inning or however many innings he goes, to see him hit once or twice, however many at-bats he gets, because of that. Now, the thing that works against Otani, it's the same thing that works against Mike Trout, and that is that team isn't very good and hadn't been. And that really works against them. But if an Otani was, say, on the White Sox in Chicago doing what they're doing right now, oh, my goodness, it would be at a whole completely different level 
of media exposure as far as what he's doing right now if he was on that team. Mike Trout, if he was ever to get on a team that was in the postseason and into a World Series like the Dodgers, his media exposure would blow up, go through the roof if you were able to get to that point. It would blow up. But instead, you're stuck on the West Coast where most people don't get the chance to see you. And then on top of that, you're on a bad baseball team, which means they're not going to get to see you in the postseason either, which is absolutely horrible for Major League Baseball that fans aren't going to get to see Otani as much as they do. But this stage here, where you have the All-Star game, allows more people to kind of see what this dude is all about, to really pay attention to see his numbers and what he is doing. But what really helps Otani that people of the past didn't get was social media. You see his home runs on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram. You you see him everywhere when he hits them night to night. You see him everywhere. When he throws a crazy pitch or whatever the case may be, Pinching Ninja has it up on his social media account. And by the way, if you don't follow Pinching Ninja, that's on you. That is an amazing account to follow, by the way. Um, but, but I mean, so from, from that perspective, he gets all that added exposure. So maybe you're not staying up at 9, 9.30 at night. You don't have the ticket and you're not watching Otani or Mike Trout. But you still have the ability to see the highlights of all the special, great things that this dude is doing at this point. And to me, when you start talking about the face of Major League Baseball, folks, to me, he's there right now. Like, he's that guy. He's that guy that if it's me and you have somebody coming to, to American Family Field and what, what's one team and one player you want to see, it's Otani. That's not a guy that's not on your team, some other team. Who would you pay your ticket to go see? It's Otani for me. And then you get a double bonus because you got Trot on the team too. But I'm going on a day that Otani is pitching, because he also hits when he pitches. I'm going on a day that Otani is pitching uh, to go watch the Angels play the Brewers if I'm going to go watch a team from out of town come in to play the Brewers. that that That's the guy, that is the team that I want to go see. Plain and simple. So I just want to get that out there. We didn't have time to really talk about that whole thing. Uh, today on the Wendy's Big Show. Tomorrow we'll be previewing a lot of the Bucks and stuff, so just wanted to touch on it. Uh, one other piece of Brewers news before we hear from Giannis and Bootenholz and Chris Milton, who all talked just a little bit ago. We'll bring you all of that coming up before Rami gets on the air here at 3. Uh, Rob Manfred earlier today uh, said, quote, I don't think seven-inning doubleheaders are going to be part of our future going forward. That is from the commissioner of Major League Baseball. And to that... I tweeted out when I when I saw that come out. I tweeted out from Sparky Radio or at Sparky Radio. Uh, okay, Brewer fans, are you happy? Are you happy now that this is this is going on? Now these are some of the responses I got. Robin tweeted at Sparky Radio. Yep. Now get the DH and the NL and end the extra inning garbage while you're at it. Limit the shifting. Okay. Oh, a couple of things here. One, I am completely uh, against limit the shifting. I am. You don't want to have the shift against you? Be better. Be better. Work to be better. You're an extreme pull hitter where you're hitting the ball 80% of the time to the same part of the field? Then work on it. Work on it. Learn how to butt. Learn how to hit the other way. You're a professional baseball player making a lot of money. Work on it. Get better. Hey, hey, you know what? A lot of guys in the NBA, free throw percentage has dipped horribly. None of them are hitting free throws. Let's eliminate it. Let's just take it out of the game. It's making our guys look bad. We'll just get rid of it and move on. No. You don't shoot free throws good? Get better. 
You can't get free throws off in the correct amount of time. People are going to chant at you. Figure it out. That's part of it. This whole thing about getting rid of shifting is so stupid. I mean, you're giving all these baseball players a complete out and just say, eh, you know what, since they can't get better, we'll help them. To increase run scoring and to get more offense, we'll we'll just say, you know what, yeah, you are what you are, one trick pony. All you can do is pull the baseball, so that's fine. We'll just move on. And maybe they will do it at some point. But for me, no, figure it out. You're, you're, a, you're a professional baseball player. Uh, Sean, tweet that Sparky Radio, don't mind the seven inning games. And from a strategic Brewers lens, I like more due to strong starting pitching. All right. That is Sean. Steve tweets at Sparky Radio. Says, keep the extra innings uh, changes. Nine innings for every game. Universal DH. Robo strike zone. Game fixed. Uh, back to the universal DH thing again. I, I'll just say this, and I'll go along with what uh, Tim Allen has been saying about this whole thing. If they go to universal DH, it's going to hurt the Brewers. I really think that. And you kind of saw it a little bit uh, last year because that's where credit council's strength is, being able to make all of those moves and put his team in a better position. He he really, I think, is really, really good at the double switches and doing everything. You take that element away from him, and I'm not, well, I guess I am saying to a degree the AL managers, you know, don't have to worry about or do as much as an NL manager. Uh, but that's kind of what it is. It, it really is. So, I don't know. I mean, the Brewers already are a bat short. You go to Universal DH, and you're going to need two bats uh, to go along with everything else. And on top of it, and I, I don't know the philosophy from a statistical standpoint as far as DH is, as far as, you know, do, do stats say it should be a power hitter? Do stats say that it should be a speed guy or a contact guy? I mean, if you're following along with the Brewers draft the last couple of days, you know, they got a couple of power guys, but over the last couple of years, it's, you know, high contact higher average OBP guys that get on base, uh, and then we'll deal with it after that. And we'll see how that works out. You know, Terang's got some pop. Mitchell's got some pop. But they're not Braun or Fielder, I don't think. I don't think that's where they're going to line up power-wise. But again, you know, they're going to get on base. They're going to hit for a higher average and and do what they do. Or at least that's the hope of the Brewers and the way they've been drafting uh, as of uh, late. Dave tweets at Sparky Radio. Now get rid of the guy at second base, and we have baseball back. I like the guy at second base. I got to tell you, I'm a fan. I like it. I didn't think I would, but I do. It adds drama to the game. And anytime you can add drama to your sport in any way, shape, or form, I think it's good for the sport and good for the game. Just like the extra point being moved back, I like that too. It adds a little bit of drama. It's not as automatic as it was before, and it can really, you know, play with point spreads if you're a gambling guy. It can play with outcomes of games. You can play with all that stuff. So I I, I like that too. So I, I, I'm i not against the runner on second base. Like I said, it adds drama uh, and I'm all about adding drama to a sport because I think it increases TV ratings and so forth. Speaking of TV ratings, before we hear from Coach Budenholzer, uh, Giannis, and Chris Milton uh, coming up, got the numbers in for Game 3 of the NBA Finals on ABC. Uh, presented by YouTube TV. It was up 51% Game 3 from last year's Game 3, according to Nielsen. The ABC broadcast averaged 9 million viewers, speaking with 11.1 million viewers from 8.45 to 9 o'clock Central Time. Again, up 51% from last year's Game 3. Amazing. 
Uh, the Bucks' victory over the Phoenix Suns in Game 3 propelled ABC to win the night across all of television and in all key demos, including the adult and male demos. Through three games, the 2021 NBA Finals is averaging 9 million viewers, up 33% from last year's NBA Finals. Now remember, the NBA Finals was all jacked up last year, right? The NBA Finals were at a completely different time of year than they normally are. And this Finals is at a different time of year. Not as dramatically as last year. You know, normally this thing is done middle to end of June, and now we're talking about it being done in, in the middle of July. But still, to me, that that's that was that's pretty impressive. Additionally, uh, more, more numbers for you. Game 3 generated a 27.2 rating in the Milwaukee market, making it the highest-rated NBA game in the market since... Do we know what year? What year do you think this was the highest rated game in the Milwaukee market since? Yeah, the last time they had a big three. 2001. Glenn, Ray, Sam. That was the last time uh, they had a, we as Milwaukeeans have had a game watched as much as it was watched last night. So 27.2 rating, highest in the market since 2001. The broadcast drew a 23.1 rating uh, in the Phoenix market. So there you go. Good numbers. Good rating numbers. Everybody thought this thing was going to probably not do as well nationally, uh, but it's doing better than I think people thought nationally uh, at this point. And there's enough star power. Chris Paul's a star. Devin Booker's a star. Giannis is a star. So you've got enough stars uh, in this series, I think, to still keep some people's uh, interest in this. Plus the fact that neither one of these teams have won a championship in forever. Phoenix's case, they haven't. In the Bucks case, 1971, I think that also brings people to it because you essentially kind of had two underdogs uh, in this thing uh, that people you know can root for. And I don't think either team is a team that, if you live in different markets across the NBA, that you hate the Suns or you hate the Bucks. I don't think. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe there are markets uh, across the league that hate the Milwaukee Bucks. You know, fans of whoever, the Pistons or the Bulls. or Maybe those fans hate the Bucks and are rooting for the Suns because they hate the Bucks so much. Maybe that's the thing. But overall, I, I I don't think nationally fans hate either one of these teams and can get behind rooting for either one of them or probably just enjoying a good brand of basketball at this point. Speaking of a good brand of basketball, the guy coaching the Milwaukee Bucks is Mike Budenholzer. We'll hear from him next as he spoke just a little while ago to the media. Next here on Sparky's Midday Madness on 1250 AM, The Fan. Welcome back, Sparky's Midday Madness. Live from the Lakeland University Studios, the leader in online education for more than 25 years, lakeland.edu, lakeland.edu. Uh, talking a little bit about uh, baseball, talking a little bit about uh, the TV ratings for the Bucks and Suns, which was outstanding. Time now to uh, get you ready for Game 4 tomorrow night as the Bucks uh, had to have their media availability today. Part of the NBA final media duties. And the first one I believe to talk was Coach Boonholzer uh, a little bit earlier today. And this is what uh, Bud had to say uh, earlier. Uh, this series looks like a lot uh, with the series against the Nets. After the first three games, uh, the, the score is exactly the same. How much do you think that this can motivate you so you can eventually uh, get where you want to go in these finals? Uh, you know, we talked about it some between or, you know, after game two that just I, I I do believe there's reference points. There's things that you can learn throughout the season. Um, there are things that you got to draw on. It, it doesn't it doesn't uh, guarantee or fix or, um, you know, really, uh, you know, do more than just give you that reference point. And, and the, the players have talked about it. We've talked about it. There's things from series to series, regardless of how they've gone, where you can draw on them and whether it's offensive concepts, defensive concepts, um, you're just building habits, you're building reference points. 
um, that you can draw on that, you know, build confidence and give you, uh, give you opportunities to go out and compete. Over here in the second row. Hey, Coach. Um, I don't know if you saw after the game, but Monty took issue with, uh, I think he said one guy, but Giannis taking more free throws than your entire team. So two parts. One, curious your reaction to that. And now both of you, and I know yours was different after game one, you even joked about being baited into it, um, being asked about the rest, but you guys have both brought up free throw numbers after games. I'm curious, is there any intent behind doing that in a press conference? Have you seen any benefit to that in your career? Uh, I mean, it's like the age-old, you know, ritual of the playoffs and um i guess historically or experience wise i i don't know that it has any impact and probably could argue i've seen it go both ways and um some organizations some players some teams you know actually i uh, feel like they're penalized for doing it and at the end of the day i actually think the referees just call the game they they call the game and coaches go and talk about the game and we'll do the same thing after tomorrow night's game and uh we have the best referees in the league and we're always still frustrated with them and they're still the best in the world. Um, it, it's really, um, it seems like it's always the same uh, and I don't think it has any impact on the game. Dwayne on the right. Hey coach, when you look back at the film, what are a couple of things you felt like stood out that maybe not beyond Giannis's numbers that maybe underneath the surface, but you saw, okay, this was a big factor as to why we won the game. I think just, you know, de defensively, the connectivity uh, with the group was, was you know, um, where it trending in the direction we needed to be, um, just really communicating, covering for each other, uh, you know, all those things that you need to do to, to, to be good defensively, the connection. Really, we kind of use the same word offensively, the connection offensively, the way the guys play together, uh, move together, just playing basketball, I think, uh, you know, it's a sport that takes everybody participating and um, just felt like we had all five guys uh, more connected on both ends of the court. Um, and we got to just get better even um, going forward in that sense. Jeff in the middle. Mike, you've touched on this a little bit, maybe in this series and the last series, but it, it's so difficult for a second rounder to end up as an all-star. What did you see from Chris Middleton when you weren't coaching him, when you were coaching Atlanta? And, and, and then, you know, for him to get to the point where he's an all-star, what have you seen here? Yeah, you know, I mean, I think uh, seeing him, you know, as an opponent from a distance, you know, his his shooting really stood out. Um, just a very, very gifted shooter and, and with great size, um, ability to kind of, shoot and make shots, um, you know, tough shots um, stood out. Um, I, I think the thing that's really um, maybe uh, since, since being around him every day, just uh, his work ethic, his professionalism, but as far as a player, the ability to be a playmaker and grow as a passer, um, I, I think that um, that's been a huge part of our growth, you know, and, um, and maybe he did it more before uh, just, you know, sometimes you don't see it and pick up on it like you do when you're around everybody someday, but the playmaking, I think he's an underrated defender, his size again, you know, just what he does at six, eight. Um, you know, he's a really skilled, gifted, um, smart basketball player. His IQ. I talk a lot about his IQ. It, it's, it's off the charts and um, he sees and reads and, and understands things um, very quickly and at a very, very high level. I don't know if this is something you consider that you're, you're 
essentially your two best players. One is a second rounder and one is a, you know, just at the end of the lottery draft pick that doesn't happen very often. Do you consider the good fortune that that takes? Yeah. You know, I mean, I think, uh, it, there's a lot of good fortune there. Um, you know, for both, you know, Chris and Giannis to end up here and now being together for seven, eight years, I think it's that they've been teammates and kind of building this, um, together and trying to get to, um, to this point. Um, and I, and I think it speaks to being able to, to build, you know, um, you know, championship level teams, different ways. It's, there's not just one way um, to make it to the NBA finals and um, you know, John horse and our ownership and Giannis and Chris, you know, the stick to to belief um, to build around um, those two guys um, along with a lot of good fortune. It's always um, a little bit of both. Jim in the second row. Hey Mike. Um, Brooke was saying the other day that uh, in terms of watching Giannis or sort of seeing what he's doing, and him broke, meaning like he's trying to appreciate it and sort of understand, I guess, from your chair, is that is it hard to do um, to, to I don't know if it's called reflect, but when you're in the moment and it's always about getting better, moving forward to kind of take in the, you know, the air that he just sort of entered in this finals and, and you know, the injury and all that stuff. Are you allowed? Have you allowed yourself that at all? Or is that a, you know, in August sitting at home thing um, or, or 10 years yeah. down the line thing? No, I mean, I, I think wrapped in the question, I, it, it's the the most interesting part, you know, is I think the coaching staff and actually we're pushing, we want more, you know? So I think it's like, not only, you know, it's probably uh, wrong or, or not, not, uh, you know, to, to not appreciate what he does. And we do appreciate it. I don't want to, you know, it, it's, it's very, very special, but in the heat of the moment, you know, we're constantly just, you know, I think pushing Giannis that he can give us even more, pushing the group that they can do even better and give us more. And it's, uh, I, I luckily, I think Giannis likes uh, being pushed. He likes being coached. And so you kind of, that's more the mindset than, um, but, you know, I think every day we come to the facility, Giannis is appreciative of what's there. You know, coaches were appreciative to have such a good team. And um, so there's, there's a, a you know, awakening every day where you're appreciative and then you kind of get in the gym and you push and you want more. Um, so I, I, I don't reflect on how great he is probably enough or really very often. Brian in the back. All right. So there is coach Budenholzer uh, from earlier today, not the whole thing, but we played a good portion of it for you uh, from earlier today. You know, and that's the thing. I mean, it, they asked Budenholzer. We talked about it earlier on the uh, on the Wendy's Big Show. As far as you know, do we appreciate Giannis enough? And maybe that's something we should do um, at some point on the Big Show, or maybe we'll do it on this show uh, going forward. Uh, whether or not you know we give him enough love, and whether or not we truly uh, appreciate the greatness that we're watching in front of us, night in and night out, as Milwaukee Bucks fans, as NBA fans, as fan of. Uh, great athletes in sports from all those different perspectives in, in really not taking it for granted because I'll fully admit, I, I definitely do. There's no question. I take it for granted. No question. Like every night, like you look at the box score, uh, 35 and 10. No, uh, good game for Giannis. Anyways, let's talk about holiday and Middleton. That that's exactly my reaction. And when we have the pick and save basketball post game show tomorrow night uh, and the bucks win uh, and they beat the Phoenix suns tomorrow night. If I serve for them, it's going to be talking about probably Middleton and Holiday and what they did in the game. And maybe a little bit about what Brooke Lopez did. And if somebody played well off the bench, if Forbes finally gets hot from three, because he is 
beyond overdue. If he finally gets hot from three, that'll be part of one of the storylines uh, as far as how he impacted the game. That's how it's probably going to play. If Giannis throws up 40-plus points again with the, the double-digit rebounds, that'll definitely be a storyline because you know now we continue to talk about history being made as, as Giannis continues to do uh, what he does going forward. But it probably won't be the only storyline or the main storyline. And maybe it should be the main storyline talking about his greatness when he does what he does on a night in night out basis. I just know for the most part, he's going to do what he does. Most Bucks fans will say, well, good. Yeah. He had a really good game. You know, good job, Giannis. Now let's talk about what Middleton didn't do or what holiday didn't do or what Middleton holiday both did in order to help the Bucks win by 20. Uh, or 10, or 15, or whatever the number ends up being. Let's talk about the last three minutes of the game. It was a close game, and what these other guys did in that situation. That's what it is. And maybe it should be more about appreciating just how good Giannis uh, truly is. Uh, And speaking of uh, Giannis, we'll hear from him. Coming up next, right here on Sparky's Midday Madness. Sparky's Midday Madness. Young Express, we talk about so much. It's continuing to grow. Would you like to be a part of a Christian-based family-run company? Of course you would. Company that's been in business for over 30 years. Why wouldn't you want to be? They're currently looking to add company straight truck drivers. We're going to be talking about what a great company this is to work for. Now you can go and apply online. Requirements, minimum one-year continuous straight truck driving experience. Familiarity with DOT regulations. Clean background and driving record, also key. What you can expect to get from Young Express, 40 to 55 hours per week, Monday through Friday. Get weekends off. That, that's good. 99% no-touch freight. All dock-to-dock. No home deliveries. Let me say that again. No home deliveries. Health insurance, 401k with company match and profit sharing. No truck jumping. Get a new truck every four years. Yeah, every four years, get a new truck. Personal days and vacation days. Apply for the position right now at youngexpress.com. That's J-U-N-G express.com. Young Express. Success drives them. All right, now let's hear from Giannis who talked earlier today. I saw some of the quotes uh, that came out earlier today, and it appears Giannis was in a very good move and uh, was joking around and having some fun uh, with the media today. You will enjoy this. Hey, guys. Uh, the way the schedule's worked out, you guys have only played, I think, now one game in five days. Do you see any benefit on your knee, or is whatever pain you have left going to be there until the summertime? Um, no, my, my knee feels great. It feels great, and, uh, you know, I'm happy that, you know, we have uh, – you know, two days in between. Um, you know, in the so like in the Israel finals, if I remember well, we had it was a game day game, like we had one day in between. So it was kind of was a lot for everybody. Uh, but now you know we have time to you know take care of our body. You know, spend some time with our family. It's good for us, you know, mentally and physically. And uh, for me also, I always you know I always like to have a little bit more time in between the games, um, you know, so I can get a little bit more rested, recover a little bit better, and, uh, you know, be able to, you know, go and play play hard. Kellen, over here. Hey, Giannis, uh, earlier in your career when teams started focusing on you more and building that wall, how did that help you read the way defenses move and improve as a passer? Um, let's see, uh, early in my career, so uh, the first time I I saw the wall was probably two years ago, uh, but like I was uh, I was always a capable passer, you know, before that, you know, and uh, 
it's something that I always like to do. And uh, I had the, you know, coaches and people throughout my career that helped me with like finding, you know, finding the right guy, finding the right pass, make the right play. Uh, but like once I started seeing the wall two years ago, um, now it's almost, it's about, you know, trust. Uh, it's, and it's kind of hard, like, you know, because you want to be effective, you want to get downhill, you want to do everything, but now you also, and you take it personal also, like there is, there's a team that's building a wall of three people and two guys behind or whatever the case might be and trying to stop you. And now you have to not take it personal and make the right play, find the right guy. I feel like I, I did that better uh, since two years ago. Now I'm doing it better. Like I'm finding, I'm trusting my teammates. I'm finding guys, but I was always a capable passer before the wall was created, which is which is funny that the, there's a defense out there called the Yanis wall. It's it's funny to me, you know. So uh, it, it's it's crazy. Uh, but at the end of the day, you know, I just got to keep focusing on myself, keep focusing on what I have to do. How can I put my teammates in a position to be successful? Can be aggressive throughout everything. Thank you. Jim, second row. Yes. I, I guess as a quick follow to that, I have another one. Is, is, that a, is that perhaps the best compliment you could have as a player that there is something like that call that teams <laughs> have tried to devise such a thing? Um, you have to take it as a compliment. You always have to find the fun factor in everything, you know, in that, in the free throw, one, two, three, four, whatever it is, you always got to find the fun factor. Um, so yeah, you know, it, 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 it is, it is a, it is a compliment that, um, there gotta be three people in front from stopping me to get in the paint, uh, and building that wall. But yeah, I hate it. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I hate it, but at the end of the day, you got to figure out a way to uh, play through it. Um, I wanted to ask you, at the Eastern Conference Finals, I think, um, we had, you had talked a little bit about the roles everyone on the team had. You went through the whole roster, even the guys who aren't playing much, and what they're providing for you all in the locker room. I, I'm, I'll loop Dante into this, too, since, since he's been hurt. Um, I don't know if you can share anything, but specific, if you could, it'd be great. Um, just what have those, those guys meant in this run since we can't really see them or talk to them like normal, like for, for all of you, um, what have they done? What, what, what kind of things and tangibles that maybe they brought to you guys in, in practices in the locker room? You know, I'll talk, I'll talk specifically for, uh, Dante, you know, and, um, obviously, uh, I don't know if you can talk about his medicals, but, um, like he went through his surgery, you know, and everybody go um, through tough moments in, in their career. And this was a tough moment for him in uh, Miami. And through everything that he's going on in his life, he's still here. Like he was with us at practice today. Like he's always around us. He's always with us and he's, he's always being vocal. Um, he helped me a lot through the Brooklyn series. Like he was talking to me, you know, and uh, he was telling me, you know, what to do. And he's like, Three, three years, three years or two years younger than me, you know, like, and, and, you know, that means a lot to me. That means a lot to the team that throughout, like, through what is going on, like, he's still here. He's still trying to help um, the team in any way possible. He's being vocal in the locker room. And um, he wants this as bad as 
anybody out there on the floor, you know. But he cannot go out there on the floor, but he can do it from the sideline, and that's what he's doing right now. So I'm extremely, I'm extremely proud of him. Vince in the back. Hey, Giannis. Um, Monty, Monty, after game three, mentioned that you went to the line more than, you know, his entire team. A little bit of, I guess, you know, gamesmanship trying to alert the referees for, you know, game four. Do you pay attention to that? Or do you feel like you take a pretty good beating to get to, you know, 17 foul, foul attempts? Um, no. Um, I don't have social media. I have it, but I'm not I'm not on it, you know. So I don't um, follow, you know, um, quotes after the games about, you know, the coaches or us or my quotes. I don't follow that. But I think I think I take a pretty good uh, beating out there, you know, like I have a scratch right here and scratch right here. So... Um, you know, they're making my uh, pretty face ugly. But um, it, it, it is what it is. You know, I'm just trying to focus on what I have to do uh, and how I can help my team uh, be successful, you know. Um, and um, that's all I'm going, you know, spend my energy on. Um, yeah. Sam in the back, right? Giannis, uh, usually when a guy wins two MVPs and is an all-star every year. We feel like he is the player who he's going to become. But you've always talked about development, and there's this conversation in the media with the fans about how you play. And I just wonder, two, three years down the road, do you still see changes and improvements that you're working on now? Do you feel like you're getting closer to that peak? And, and what do you make about that conversation where folks say, if you would get in the block more, if you would shoot less, and, and talking about how you play the game? Uh, I'm I'm not trying to you know uh, focus in um, what people you know have to say about you know my game and how I should play, but it, it just it's always it comes back to me you know and uh, how what I believe in how I can get better and uh, what I see two five ten years down the road I I believe that year by year. If I'm healthy and um, I keep working hard by the grace of God, I'm going to keep getting better as a player. I'm going to be more effective. Uh, I'm going to be able to read the plays better. I'm going to be more mature. I'm going to be um, uh, um, okay being under my skin. I'm going to be okay going to a game and um, shooting all for eight from the three-point line. I'm going to be okay going for in a game shooting two for 10 from the free throw line, because I know there's a bigger picture. I know who I am, uh, but going down the, uh, you know, the line, the road, I feel like, I feel like, yeah, I can get, I can get better. I don't think I'm there yet, but I feel like I get, I get way, way better. But the specific things, you know, uh, that I have to do that I believe I can get better and uh, I'm, I'm willing to do it one for you I mean you hit this off season what are you looking at um if I come back next year and I shoot from the line 80 percent I'm better you know uh you can keep it as simple as that you know if I uh come back and I'm uh I no matter if I miss a shot or make a shot I take the next one, like a mindset thing, like do not being scared of missing shots, you know, uh, because when you're not, you're not like a jump shooter, 
when you miss your first one, second one, you're like, ah, this is not the night. You kind of like go away from it and go to your strength. But and um, what I think going to and I don't want to do this. It's big. It's a big uh, list. But like, I feel like going to the summer, working on the weaknesses and being okay coming back next year playing a little bit on your weaknesses like like i feel like always i try to go to my strength which is driving getting downhill you know getting in the pain making the right pass and all that and i feel like expanding the game sometimes you got to be okay with playing you know with your weaknesses a little bit which it might not be the strongest part of your game but if you're able to expand it which it might be a 15 footer a three point or whatever the case might be it makes you more effective down the line. Um, and I think that's where the adjustment for me is going to be. I, okay. So, What's your problem? Did you hear what he said? I mean, I know you were looking at your That's phone. our boy. Yeah. Uh, Giannis talking about uh, weaknesses and yeah. playing more to his weaknesses during the regular season uh, next year and, and, you know, things that he doesn't do well. He's going to do more of that in the regular season and work on it during the regular season versus – Maybe playing to his strengths. Always get better. Always improve. Always grow. Always learn. Okay. I'm just telling you, I mean, based on what he just said, then I don't want to hear you complain when he's shooting up seven to ten threes a game, working on his weaknesses in the regular season. No, work on them, and then when they're when they're game ready, then then use them in the game. That's not what he said. I know. He said he's gonna you I mean, there's only way one way to find out if it it is game ready. Work on his weaknesses in the you know, in the regular season essentially next year. Work on his weaknesses obviously I mean uh, in the off season. The regular season is uh, as well. The regular the regular season is He brought up fifteen footer. His fifteen footer ain't bad. It's all right. It's better than his three point shot. Oh, for sure. It's better than his free throw shot. No doubt. I mean, so from that aspect, that from a weakness's perspective, that that's not as weak as some of the other stuff in his game currently. See Sparky Fiver, he is Robbie Makloff. He's coming up next. He'll tell us what's coming up at three o'clock next year. You think I can eat this whole sandwich during the break? Absolutely. All right. That's next tier on Sparky's Midday Madness. Same problems yesterday. Still doesn't listen. Still doesn't listen. <laughs> same time as yesterday. Same thing. Day two. Talking about the same stuff we were talking about yesterday, Robbie and me. Day two, just shaking his head at me. Nah, I'm good. Okay, all right, sunshine. A lot of people uh, tell me I don't, I don't take advice well. Uh, no, you don't. Okay, no. And, and sometimes you're right for not taking advice, and it works out to your advantage because right. sometimes we're wrong. Uh, other times you're dead wrong, and then you find out when it's later. Go with you your good. Sometimes just go with your good. Yeah, my boat's not, not all these analytics. Right. Exactly. <laughs> correct. Yeah. Exactly. Correct. Uh, speaking of which, uh, your guy, uh, Manfred, uh, came out today to see. Uh, he said, uh, "No, I don't." He talked. He did. Uh, seven inning, extra inning games uh, will be no longer. It doesn't Good. sound like after this year. Good. Doesn't see it as Good. a future of Major League Baseball. Finally, Rob Manfred and I see eye to eye on yeah. something. Brewer, I tweeted it out earlier from Sparky Radio, and uh, Brewer fans very happy uh, with that. Now, a lot of Brewer fans want the Universal DH. It appears. Um, some Brewer fans want the runner on second to go away. I don't want the away. Universal DH, um, but I'm kind of resigned to it. It's going to happen. It's not good for the Brewers if it does, I don't think. I think it is. It's a strength of consoles for sure. They're already short bats. They don't need to have to find another one. They're already short. They they don't need to be in a position where they have to. Now, again, if this was the fielder Braun days, fine, I'm with you. Yeah, let's do it. We have more than enough bats. We can fill it and take a horrible defensive no, player Sparky, like Ricky Weeks was, off the field. I was talking about— If Keston Hero could hit again, then it would be fine because then he's your DH and you don't got to trade him or move on from him at any point, but he's got to hit. I was talking on the show 
was it yesterday, the day before, maybe both, about how the Brewers are in this weird position where you and I both agree they need a bat, right? Yeah, but, uh, yes. But you're not going to get a catcher. You're not going to get a second. need a catcher. Right, exactly. I'm just going around the diamond and seeing where, where you can add a bat. So Chris just, Bryant. Just, just follow me here. You're not going to get a catcher. Just follow me. Don't jump in. Just follow me, right? Okay. You're not going to get a catcher. You're not going to get a second baseman. You're not going to get a shortstop. You're not going to get an outfielder. And I know third base looks like someplace where it looks good to add to add a bat. But you look at what Luis Urias has done since Travis Shaw went down. And Will Salmon pointed this out in his latest article. He's been as productive as every third baseman in this league Say for about seven or eight, and of those seven or eight, mm-hmm. maybe two are going to be available at the trade deadline. So I think you're either adding at first base or you're not adding um, at all to this I, line. I'm sorry, I must have missed something. And if you're here. adding at first well, base, you're pulling the plug on Keston here what, for 2021. Uh, I, I must have missed something here. What what exactly are we saying? What's so great about the outfield that you can't add to? Too much money. You have no hitting. Too much money. Listen to me. I don't care about the money. You're renting a guy for down the stretch here. That's what this is. You're not talking about paying some guy a five-year deal. So right now, Lorenzo Cain can't stay healthy. Mm-hmm. Christian Yelich sucks. And then you have I Garcia. Sucks. He's not looking like Christian 240 Yelich, yeah. sucks. So then you're talking about, don't matter, talking about Avi Garcia. Don't listen to he, Sparky. He's had, averages do not matter. Yeah. Avi Garcia's had moments for sure. But he's replaceable as well if he can't hit consistently. So I don't, I don't rule out outfield, not at all. Like if I can I mean, find with, with Jackie da- Bradley Jr. So with, with David Stearns, I wouldn't, I wouldn't rule out anything. We've seen him go yes. and add at positions where there's already too many, seemingly too many guys, and Correct. it always seems to work out. I'm just saying, from from a traditional logical standpoint, I, I don't. The the only place that makes sense for to me to add is is first base, and that means you're pulling the plug on Keston Hira. For the 2021 yeah, season, I, at least. I'm third, first, outfield. Those are my three positions. They're not moving Willie Adamas off of short, and they're not moving well, Colton you get, you're Wong not off of second. Get, I don't know that you're going to get better at, at third. I want a power hitter. I'm I'm simple what I want. I don't care about the rest of y'all. I, I want somebody that I can put at five and let him hit bombs. That's what I want at five. Urias is a nice player, don't get me wrong, but he's not a third baseman going forward. He's not going to play third base in this league. I wouldn't be surprised if Urias goes in the trade for somebody else now at that, this point. That, that's a possibility. Because Colton say, Wong say is going to be your leadoff hitter. Say you make a, a Trevor Story trade. <laughs> I don't get my hopes up. Include and you include Luis Urias in that, especially yeah. the way he's been hitting lately. That's an attractive piece for the Rockies because that's young, affordable, right. controllable talent sure. that is producing right now that they're getting in return. But what for happens Trevor when Story. you start getting into that type of deal? Now people start wanting to throw in Bryce Terang. People want to throw in Ethan Small yeah, and Ashby. And yeah, you're trying to win a World that, Series, that, right? That then that's what you're talking about. Well, I'm fine with it, but I'm just going to remind you we've done this once before for CC Sabathia. We unloaded. The Grinky deal, we really unloaded the farm system, helped them to go to two World Series out of it, and now you're going to be back in the same position again. Now, story, it's kind of like the offensive equivalent of Sabathia, I think, to a certain degree. Agree. So if you get a Trevor Story, well, that's, yeah, that's different. If it's at if that If you're Doug level. Melvin, do you regret either of those moves that you just mentioned? Absolutely not. Exactly. Uh, no chance. I regret any of them. Now, Brewer fans may, and maybe that's a topic once the Bucks are done to have that conversation as we get closer to the deadline. Do you regret either one of those deals? Uh, but no, I don't. No. Even though you didn't get to the World Series, that second half of Sabathia, I'll never forget those couple of months, two, three months for the rest a magical of my life. time. It was amazing. It was an, uh, that was a magical time. Pitching every three days down the stretch and going into free agency, he could possibly have hurt himself, cost himself a lot of money. We know how much money he ended up signing for with the Yanks. So that was a big deal. You always look back and go, man, if Guyardo was just healthy, oh my God, that could have been it that year. And then you fast forward to the Markham and Grinky deal and that whole deal, everybody wanting the Cardinals, including Tim Allen and myself. 
Uh, you get them, but because of what happened a couple weeks earlier with Nigel Morgan poking the bear and going after Pujols, and they come in all jacked up and ready to go and get red hot at the end of the year. And I wouldn't regret that either. Cost you? If I'm Nigel Morgan, I don't regret that either. Uh, no, I'm sure Nigel Morgan doesn't. No, not at all. But the Alberta Pujols thing, that yeah, that. Mm-hmm. But again, he was uh, he was a special part of that team. He was. He he was one of those chemistry, rah rah character man. guys. That was a fun that team. Really, as a fan, you just love that yeah. team. Love that team for sure. Uh, speaking of love, L O V E. Everybody loves your show. So what's coming up? Coming on up on the Rami Show today, Steve Sparky Pfeiffer, Jared Greenberg, host and reporter for NBA TV and TNT. He's going to join me. At 3.30, it's Tuesdays with Winkler. Bart Winkler will join me at 4 o'clock. Yesterday, I was a guest of uh, Mark Grody's on our sister station, 670 The Score, down in Chicago. And uh, he asked me an interesting question, Sparky, that I thought I would I would bring to the people today. And let me let me ask you. You know what? This will be Sam. Sam, make this to Kim and the Void judgment of the day. I, I told you the wrong one, dude. I'm sorry. Um, he just gave you a look like I already knew that. Yeah, he yeah. knew I was wrong. Um, Pays to be young. He asked me, "Is is is Aaron Rodgers still the most popular athlete in the state?" And I don't, I don't think he is. He might be third. So I want, I want to take, I want people's Wisconsin favorite athlete power rankings. Steve Sparky Pfeiffer, give me your Wisconsin favorite athlete power rankings, sir. Yeah, you. You don't want to ask you. Me. I'm asking you. Giannis is one. Okay, but, but what's I'm who's a, who's two? Who's three? And it doesn't have to be. We don't have to limit this to the MVPs. Well, Just yeah, give but, me your top three. Give me one, two, three. But it's not that hard. Everybody's going to be different on this day. Exactly. But That's if, what makes if, it an interesting you, conversation. If you do this, again, if you do this outside of Milwaukee, like if you came on the big show network and did this statewide. You guys can steal it. If, if you, oh, I have no we, problem We talked about doing it earlier today. But if you did this state. Did you really? If, yeah, we did. Wow. Because uh, we saw somebody on Twitter do it yesterday. Great minds. Uh, no, we saw somebody on Twitter do it. Uh, but th- this, Whoever that is, th- great minds. Th- this is the thing. When we talk about statewide, Rodgers wins hands down, y'all. I mean, the Packers are king. Bucks Even now? But yes. I don't know. Bucks aren't close to these guys but across Packer the state. Nation wants this dude gone. Uh, here, locally. I, I think I around the state, half the I, half Packer Nation wants know. this dude gone. I don't know. I think if, 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 you if put people in a, Milwaukee are out on him, I have to imagine people out in rural Wisconsin are more out on him. Based on Aaron Rodgers and his... History. There's a lot of stuff I can get into about that area of the state and what. So give me not- your power rankings. Your po- I don't not, not anybody else. I'm not asking you yeah. to, to gauge like wh- who I like, who who's the most popular, who the state likes the most. I'm asking for you, your personal, yours, Steve Sparky Pfeiffer, yeah. Wisconsin favorite athlete power rankings one through three. Yeah, I, I think. Well, I know. I don't think. I know Giannis is definitely one. Okay, for sure, he's okay. definitely one. Uh, true two. Yelich has to be there for sure. Christian Yelich is probably two. There's nothing not to like about that guy other than he's not playing well. Uh, so Christian Yelich is probably two. I don't know, man. Like, I get down with Aaron Jones and Zadarius Smith and Devontae great, Adams. Great answers. Bobby Portis. Like, Bobby mm-hmm. Portis. Yeah, he's a, yeah. By the way, did you play that new Bobby Portis song on your show today? Uh, no, because they're swearing in it. And oh, I didn't yeah. go through and edit it. We, we found a little little piece of it. That's, I listened to it last night. I love it, dude. Yeah, it is, and, it. and unlike your tweet, because I saw it on you, you retweeted it, yeah. and said, uh, it was better no, than no, Bucks no. Lost. I, sa- I, I said, Bucks Lost is still the anthem, but right. this this slaps hard. Yeah, I, Slaps I, very hard. Yeah, it's a nice song. I like it better than Bucks Lost. Yeah, it is. Uh, well, and it like dedicated it to Bobby Bucks Portis. Lust. But, 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 
Bobby Portis just got here. I mean, I, yeah, okay, I I like Bobby Portis, and I was wrong on Bobby Portis. He he's been way more of a contributor offensively than I thought he'd be when he got here, uh, and definitely more of a fan favorite than I thought. But I, I don't think Bobby Portis is my top five. So it, it, it's probably Jair Alexander's got to be up there as far as Packers go. Uh, yeah, Rodgers would definitely not be anywhere close to my top five right now. Top five? He's not even in your top five. He's in my top fifty. I'm gonna throw that as an addendum to the question. Uh, is Aaron Rodgers in your top five? No. Wow, because I was only asking for one through three. No, I'm sick of all of this. I've, I've had my fill. I mean, this is the dude that followed Brett Favre, who was the king of wanting attention, and now you, you've gone above and beyond doing it your way. He, at any point in the last month, with all these microphones that he's had in front of him and TV cameras, including this weekend, could have said, yeah, man, I'll be there July 27th. I'm ready. It's all, you know, it's all done. We ironed it out. The issues we had, it's all done. I'm not going to get into what it was. I'm going to be there and play. Could have done that. Could have said, nah, man, I just can't move on. I can't I, I can't play for him. I, I love my guys, but there's some stuff we just can't get worked out. So, you know, if if we can't figure this out, then I won't be there. Simple. Well, okay, fine. He didn't say the first In, thing. Because but instead, it's, but instead, the man says, yeah, I don't know. I'm going to work out. Sparky. Well, I'll see what happens in a couple weeks. He could have ended it. He could have ended it at any point in the last month to add clarity to the situation and been done with it. He, and instead, I want some more attention. Look at me here. Keep talking about me until I decide I don't want you to talk about me anymore. I'm not saying he doesn't like attention. I'm not saying he doesn't like attention. Whether he liked it or not, when he went out to that golf outing, he was going to get that attention. He's saying he shouldn't have gone to the golf outing. He shouldn't shouldn't live his life. No, screw that. And and he didn't say the first thing. No, but if you're going to go, you should know they're going to ask and then give the answer. Whatever is going on. You're two weeks out. Here's why he didn't give either of those two answers you were looking for. Because then you lose the attention. It's all over. No, because the first one, it's not resolved. So he can't say it's resolved and I'll be there and everything's fine. Do you know? Know what the issue because was? Because if it was resolved, I don't, we'd know. That's I don't think when, that's any when, of us know. That's when we'll know. We and and he can't no, say not. he can't say the second thing. I'm not going back there. Why? Because he needs an out. No, he doesn't. He does. No, he doesn't. He not. needs an out, Sparky. No, he does not. He he's playing hardball right now. He has to say or he he need, he needs the impression to be. I'm not coming back to Green what Bay. What happens if he doesn't come back and play this year? He needs that. He needs the impression to be. I'm not coming back to Green Bay. Even though there is a possibility he's coming back to Green Bay. And if he does that, he needs to be able to come back nope. and point at all See, of us and say, you guys blew this way out of proportion. Everything's fine. I'm that's here to the be issue. the quarterback of the Green Bay Packers. That, and that's my issue. You're telling me he doesn't know two weeks out? No, he he may know. Of course he knows. But he can't tell us that. Why? Because if he wants to come back. Then can, say you're coming back. But then he loses his leverage. Leverage to what? He's still trying to maneuver his way out, but maybe has decided, okay, if I can't maneuver my way out, I'll show up to training camp and blame this all on the media. I'm going to play hardball. All I'm saying is I'm going to play hardball right up to the end. And then I'll show up, and I have the out. This of, would be. This isn't on. My, this isn't on me. This is on you guys. This I never said fine. I wanted out. It, you never it, heard that come from my lips, Robbie. If this was hardball over a contract, if that's what this is. Okay, fine. If that's what it is, great. But we don't even know what it is. Nobody knows what it is. We don't need Nobody to. Nobody knows. No, I, I understand. We don't need to. But if it's the Packers, if need it's to. they drafted Jordan Love and I can't move on it, then nothing's going to change in two weeks. He's still going to be there. Unless and you're still going to be there. Against. That's not going to happen either. That's what I'm saying. This dude knows what he's doing. Make so now it's, it's it's right. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. I'm done. If if somebody suggested this earlier, if I'm Mark Murphy. This is it. I'm calling you up. Are you coming or not? And if you're not, then we're good. We're just going to go forward with Jordan Love. You can watch this season from home because I'm not trading you to the draft. So if you don't want to come, then you can stay home, and that'll be the end of it. Done. I put 
Sparky, I put myself in the shoes. I try to put myself in the shoes of everybody involved in the situation. And honestly, when I put myself in the shoes of Aaron Rodgers, I, I, I could see myself acting that way. Some of the stuff Mark Murphy has said and done, I just can't I can't understand it. I can't wrap my head around it. I wouldn't I wouldn't do most of the things that he's done all, That's why we're all, all different all humans. along the process. Right. I, the way Aaron Rodgers is acting and behaving makes a lot more sense to me than the way that Mark Murphy and the Green Bay you're the Packers big selfish. have behaved. You can relate a lot easier to how he's No, because acting. I'm the employee. I'm the working man. I know. I, oh, I am, stop it. working man stuff. The man's worth millions of dollars. Don't come still, at me with this still, working man he's stuff. Still there, in, that, Rodgers, man. In, that, in that. He's worth more than Mark Murphy. And Mark Murphy's not the owner of the team. One is the boss. One is the employee. Sure. Absolutely. And we've all been in a place where our boss or our employee has not done us right. Has screwed us and over. And you can quit. And, and if I had the leverage to do what Aaron Rodgers is doing when I felt like I was in those positions or in those situations, I would probably have done the same thing. Great. I've never had that leverage. I'm not Aaron Rodgers. But, right, and he doesn't either. Yes, and if does. I'm Mark Murphy, then sit at home and watch. And no, I'm going I'm for sit it with Jordan Love. And I'm going to make you sweat. And then I'll show up and I'll win a bunch of football But games. I'm not going to sweat. I'm telling oh, you right sweat. now. You have two weeks. Either you're in or you're out. And if you're out, then stay home and okay. watch. Have and fun. I'll trade you to wherever I want to trade you, wherever I want to trade you, come April. And if you want to retire like Brendan, play that game, you play that game. But I'm not dealing with you anymore. I'm done with your drama. I'm done with all this nonsense of you trying to get as much attention as possible. I'm done. I'm moving Whoops. on. The boss just texted me, stop talking about me. We should probably no, move he, on. Now. He's not talking about you. <laughs> I know exactly who he's talking about, and it ain't you. In fact, you know who he's talking about, too. <laughs> he knows, too. He don't like the dude, either. Uh, all right, that'll do it uh, for uh, Sparks Midday Madness. He's Robbie McLaughlin. I'm Steve Oh, Sparky I would have so gotten that guy fired if I could have. Yeah, but you had no leverage no, at all back none, then. No. None. So uh, stay tuned for a great show from Robbie. That's uh, coming up next. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.